Sunday, February 24th, 2019. This is the place to be reviews. I'm Pete right here with you. We're going to jump right in to Walking Dead Season 9, Episode 10 Omega. I'm going to briefly summarize this episode. Well, uh, for those of you who've listened to the first two episodes, I'll be as brief as I can. Um, It was a good episode. Um, You got a lot of the uh, Lydia backstory, Alpha backstory. You got to see them start out in Baltimore. Uh, You got the numbered days on the wall. I believe we were at 23, then 40-some days before it kind of all started to break down. Uh, You got to see how Alpha manipulated uh, Lydia's memories of how everything happened uh, regarding her dad and how he died. And, uh, you know, the, the memories she had were him shaving his beard off when in reality it was, you know, her mother shaving her head. Uh, it, it was just, it was really, really well done. I love, uh, I love how they always do the, uh, the backstory information like that. Um, just the way that they, they always set those up so, so nicely um, and just kind of seamlessly blended in with the episode. Um, I'm not, uh, I'm not blind to the, you know, to the fact that the show has its faults, but I think there's some things that it's done right. And like I said, I can't, uh, I can't say enough good about, uh, Angela Kang and what she's done with the, the show since she took over for Scott M. Gimple, um, and kind of taking it back to the season four or five vibe. And she came in and said, we're going to have stronger female characters. And the female characters on the show are strong without um, taking away from any of their male counterparts, which is, which is to me, that's doing it right. That is making things equal across the board and doing it right. It's not uh, coming in with a, a Mary Sue type character like Ray in Star Wars and then uh, making everybody around her look inept um, to her uh, next to her power, you know. So, no, the uh, your your female leads, your Tara, uh, Michonne, uh, Enid. Um, I mean, you've got um, you know uh, Carol. Uh, your characters on the show, uh, even, even your more ancillary ones, um, are just they're they're well written. Um, and they, they just, they, they come across as not, like I said, it's not to the point where it's almost insulting that they're so overpowered, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't ruin a storyline. Um, are there some things that are far-fetched? Absolutely. But it is a TV show and it is a drama. So it's gotta be interesting to keep those viewers. Uh, and that's a big bone of contention people have had with the show is it's lost so many viewers. And well, I mean, you 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 name a show that gets ten million viewers an episode for a consistent you know and Walking Dead's nowhere near that now I think it's like four you know four some million viewers but I mean if if four million viewers a week is bad I mean that's you know all things considered that is those are really really good numbers um, but by the standards that were set early on in the show those those numbers are down um, but anyway so back to uh, Omega <clears throat> we get to see. Um, this guy starts to panic, you know, with Alpha, uh, Frank and Lydia and Alpha, you know, she, he falls over, she tackles him, gets on him, you know, she's trying to shut him up and actually kills him. And that was, uh, that was like kind of the turning point for her character right there. She, she knew, you know, she kind of just started to embrace what she was and, you know, the death of, uh, Frank, uh, Lydia's father really kind of solidified that, um, 
moving forward and kind of turning into what they are present time. And I hope we do get to see a little bit more of that transformation as we uh, move to the end of season nine and into season 10, because the whisper arc is going to last into season 10, probably through the midway point, they'll start to transition into the next storyline, which I would venture a guess to say we're going to get the uh, the Commonwealth angle coming next, which uh, readers of the comics, I'm I'm about three issues behind right now. Um, no, two. I'm sorry, two issues behind. But uh, it's it was it was very uh, very. It's a cool. It's really cool to see these big, huge like guess what they what they say. Uh, the governor, what's her name, Pamela Milton, I believe the governor of the Commonwealth and the comic book is and said they have 50,000 people I mean they have like concerts and they have football games and I mean it it was it's it's really kind of crazy to see you know Rick and Rick and the gang have been you know one point you know they're out of food you know they're you're you're scrapping for anything you can find and these guys are they're having having rock concerts and it's it's, to them it's got to be like what 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 have we been doing you know what 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 we're eating worm, you know. Who ate? You know, that, one, that was another funny thing in the last episode. Uh, Lydia, you know, her eating the worm when she was outside and uh, got Henry to eat one. It's like, um, you know, they they offered you food, but I guess you, you know, she's kind of going back to uh, the way she's been living uh, with her mother and the the rest of the whispers. Uh, and I do believe that there's some aspects of the Lydia character that they will hopefully leave out of the show. Uh, from the comics, and that was um, Alpha allowing the other whispers to kind of, uh, you know, take advantage of Lydia, um, and that it was, you know, uh, kind of going back to um, uh, Sinequa Martin Green's character. Um, she had that same uh, experience when she was locked up in the cell, um, but. They kind of, you know, Negan, it was the same thing in the comics and Negan came in and he, uh, he killed the person trying to, uh, take advantage and they did the same thing, uh, in the show. So, uh, that was at least kind of, you know, it's always difficult to see that, um, played out on television uh, because it's such a, it's such a traumatic and horrifying thing. Um, and I thought AMC handled it well. Uh, in that respect so i just really i'm kind of interested to see how they how much they go into detail um and what they do from the comics and how it transitions um we haven't seen Beatty yet ryan hurst uh who is an alum of sons of anarchy that is a show i have not i can honestly i have never seen one single episode of sons of anarchy but i know uh, i've looked into him i mean he's a big guy a beta in the comics was absolutely massive so uh, Ryan Hurst is, I mean, he's, he's a he's a big guy. So he uh, and everything, just the limited amount of footage, like I say everything, the limited amount of footage we've seen of him thus far looks uh, looks pretty promising. Uh, he's got that big fight scene coming up with Daryl in a couple episodes. So we have that to look forward to. Um, so that'll that'll be good. Um, Omega, like I said, you got Kelly uh, and Yumiko, uh, them out. So... Yumiko's group, they're out looking for uh, Luke and Alden, you know, specifically, you know, they're looking for both of them, but specifically Luke because, you know, they part of the same group. Uh, they've been surviving together, so it's the leave no person behind. And they gave the impression a couple of times that it was the whispers that were following them, but it was terrorist people, you know, and they get back to the, uh, the hilltop, and that's when we get the whispers coming up to the gate. And 
Alpha making her way to the forefront, you know, demanding that uh, she get Lydia back and they'll give Luke and Alden back. So we're going to see what happens with that uh, episode 11 tonight, Bounty. Um, so I, I, I would give, um, that's, I'm just going to, like I said, I'm, I'm about done with that. I'm going to end the review part of The Walking Dead there um, because, I mean, it, it was it was about a six out of, I'd give it a six, five and a half, six out of ten. Um, on the episode, it was a little slow. I did like the uh, the backstory stuff. Like I said, that's always nice to get um, on the characters, you know, especially new characters, Alpha and Lydia. We want to see that um, to see how they progress, kind of track their journey, as see how long they're going to be in the show. You know, there's no telling right now. Like I said, this Whisper arc will probably go through. I would say the. F- first half of season 10 and they'll wrap it up probably by episode i'll just say the first half of season 10 i'm not going to try to guess episodes i'm not looking that far ahead so let's uh let's move right into the next topic uh talk a little dc and go over to the arrowverse all right so we're going to jump over here to the DC Arrowverse now and Supergirl's in danger of being canceled due to low ratings. That is right. This article is written by Christian Bone, and we found this on WeGotThisCovered.com. Um, they said right now all four Arrowver- Arrowverse shows are thriving. The CW impressed enough in their performances with the reception to renew each of them for another season. But, but... They are less than impressed with the viewing figures for the Girl of Steel solo series of late. They said if things continue to decline or even more, it's possible the network's just going to wrap it up. Uh, CBS had Supergirl Season 1, and they did not renew it after that. And they went over to the CW, and they are up to Season 4, Episode 14, that airs Sunday, March 3rd on the CW. The title is What's So Funny About Truth, Justice, and the American Way. Uh, And I can say this, I watched about four or five episodes of season one, um, not when it was on CBS, um, watched it on Netflix, and I was done with it. Um, It was way too over-the-top feministy, and I, I have no problem. Like I just talked about The Walking Dead and how... I can't sing the praises of Angela Kang's work enough on uh, developing the female characters in that show and the leads and making them strong and uh, without uh, making them OP or overpowered. Um, now, Supergirl is obviously, you know, she's the, you know, the, the female version of Superman, the Kryptonian. Um, she is, has all these powers, but the show is just too, it got to, it's, uh, it's one of those, uh, get woke, go broke scenarios. And it's, the writing was on the wall um, from the early part of that show that it was going to go this direction. And then they just made all these horrible decisions. Um, Like I said, I I guess kudos for making it through uh, almost through four complete seasons. But, you know, the numbers are, the numbers don't lie. And that is the telltale sign of it. Um, Arrows in season eight right now. There's talks of that wrapping it up. If Supergirl gets canceled, though, they're talking about uh, replacing her with a Superman show, which is Tyler, and I don't know how to pronounce his last name, 
Hacklin and that's on an Elizabeth Tullock uh, returning as Clark and Lois as they've been obviously in Supergirl before, I guess. So I haven't uh, I haven't watched, like I said, past episode five of season one um, because it was just it was just cringy and I couldn't uh, I couldn't watch it. So that's what's going on with Supergirl. Um, that's what's going on with Supergirl. It's not uh, not in any imminent danger as of right now, but they said if the numbers keep slipping, that the show will meet its end. So that uh, with that, we move right into our next topic, which uh, we're going to talk a little Star Wars. All right, so Disney had the brilliant idea to start a YouTube channel called Star Wars Kids. And on this is where Disney likes to stuff its um, revisionist history in the Star Wars Galaxy of Adventures and the Princess Leia episode, The Rescue. Okay, Princess Leia is an amazing character. Um, I have had the utmost respect for Carrie Fisher. Her portrayal of Leia on screen was always amazing. She was, uh, her interviews were great. Um, she was just an awesome actress. Uh, Leia was a great character. Leia was strong. Uh, Leia was an integral part of the story. Um, I mean, even before, you know, we find out she's Luke's sister and, you know, it's just, she's a great character. She's one of the best female characters, you know, in, in, in the movies period, uh, is, is a strong female lead. Um, she's up there with Ripley and, you know, Sigourney Weaver, obviously in, uh, Sarah Connor, uh, Linda Hamilton, in uh, Terminator 2, um, she was amazing. But so, Galaxy of Adventures, uh, the rescue episode, we're going to go through this right now. They're a minute and 12 seconds long. And I'm going to hit play, and here's the beginning. Luke, Luke walks into the cell to rescue Leia. And, you know, I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. And Leia just sits there with the biggest resting bitch face. And it's just like, it's not like the movies, you know. She just looks like, I don't need you. And then you cut out to the shootout in the hallway here. And the stormtroopers are blasting at them. Chewie and Chewie and Han are shooting. You know, Luke's Luke's playing with his blaster. Leia grabs it, runs out in the middle, you know, lays down cover fire. Like she did in the movie, okay? But she does it with... She like kind of smacks Luke out of the way. And then when they get, because they jump around here, they go to the bridge scene where Luke and Leia swing across um, when he shoots the controls out and he can extend the bridge and the stormtroopers are up there. Luke has the hook that they use to get across. Well, in this episode, Luke is a complete buffoon because he's a man and Leia looks over at Luke, and Luke is all tangled up like a kitten in a ball of yarn. And then she angrily grabs the blaster from him and shoots the stormtroopers. And then they show Leia leading the Battle of Hoth uh, out on the out on the battlefield, uh, standing on top of a hill with her uh, binoculars, looking, and then points forward. And here goes all of the the land speeders and the troops running by her when she was in the base the entire time, and Han Solo saved her from Darth Vader um, after he had landed. So that didn't exactly happen. And then uh, we go to her uh, choking out Jabba, which was absolutely one of the coolest scenes 
in uh, Return of the Jedi was when she uh, she killed Jabba the Hutt. Um, and that's just part of the, the mythos behind Princess Leia that just makes her such a badass. And also Return of the Jedi, uh, when they're on Endor, they go into this next scene when they're on the speeder bikes. And uh, again, Leia just completely not like the movie, just treats Luke like a complete idiot. Um, but that scene in Return of the Jedi, though, where the stormtroopers get the drop on her and Han, and, uh, you know, Han's got his back to the troopers, and Leia's got the blaster, and then she, you know, I love you, I know, repeating that line over that he did to her, and then she gets the shots off, takes out the stormtroopers. I mean, that's the essence of Leia. They don't need to make her, like, a gnarly feminist to... No, for us to know and for women to know and the girl, little girls growing up to know that she's strong and she's a, she you know you that's a, that's a uh, a character that you can look up to um and we're going to we're going to get into characters that you shouldn't look up to and actresses that you shouldn't get a, you shouldn't look up to anybody in hollywood i'm sorry if you're looking to hollywood for your role models um you, you've been taught wrong uh, if you, because let's, let's be honest with everything that's come to light in Hollywood in the last, I'll say, I mean, God, we don't even have to go back 10 years, you know, four or five years, six years with this whole Harvey Weinstein, all that nonsense. It's, um, it's, it's disturbing to say the least, but, uh, then again, those, those people are absolutely a different breed. Uh, there are, there's obviously good ones, good people that are actors, but, uh, there's definitely just a lot of narcissistic weirdos. So we get back into this galaxy of adventure, and they're they're riding the speeder bikes, and Luke is just he looks he's got that uh, floppy dog in the wind face, and then they get to the end, uh, like you know, they're Leia's presenting the award in the end of A New Hope, and she's standing there with this look on her face, like she she's the single handedly did everything and then they pan back to the shootout in the detention center uh where they rescue leia from and <laughs> she takes out all the stormtroopers and then chewie and han and luke are sitting there and they don't know the stormtroopers start shooting back she shoots the guy out grabs luke throws luke down throws chewie and he gets stuck kicks him in the balls to throw him down the vent jumps down and then han has to follow so and that's the end of the episode she physically grabs a seven-foot-tall, I don't know, what Chewbacca weigh, like 400-pound Wookiee down a garbage chute. This never happened. She, Why Disney has started to get into the Star Wars revisionist history is absolutely ridiculous. I can't even understand why you do this. It's not like real history that they try to make you forget, uh, which is happening in schools now. Um, that's a terrifying thing being a parent, knowing that they're trying to teach revisionist history in some schools, um, by conveniently leaving things out, but, uh, they're doing it in Star Wars now, and that's all thanks to Kathleen Kennedy, who has been on record as saying she didn't want a story group that knew a lot about Star Wars, she wanted a lot of diversity on her story group, which is, diversity is great, but Diversity for diversity's sake is counterproductive, and the current state of Star Wars uh, will show you that, and it's a perfect example of it. And you want to see what uh, all this feminism and 
this Hollywood ideology and narcissism has gotten you. Look no farther than Captain Marvel. Um, I had my profile reported the other day for comments I made on a Marvel page on a thing for Captain Marvel. I make jokes about it because it it looks cringy. The movie, it looks cringy. Um, Nothing about this is exciting. Um, She can't sell books. The book's been rebooted five times in seven years. And I brought that up and I got told that I was an idiot. I didn't know anything about comics. I don't know the most about comics, but I know a little bit. And I know five reboots in seven years is not a good thing um, because your stories last the way there's, no, that's, it's just, it's not good. That's not the way a book that sells um, is supposed to, is supposed to go. And the numbers don't lie. So, and then... You know, all these articles, now Brie Larson's backtracking on her comments about white men, and everybody's, oh, she never, and then and, and now it's, she never said that, or you took it out of context. It's like, no, we listened to the speech she gave when she uh, accepted her award for, I don't know, one of the little shill awards they give out. Um, how to, the, for the life of me, how she won an Oscar for The Room, still blows my mind, I don't understand it. Um, nor do I really want to because Oscars, I'm sorry, they've lost their, they've lost their value. Nobody watches the Oscars anymore. Um, the Oscars are so woke. They're literally broke. They couldn't even get a host this year because they had, they had a Kevin Hart, but they dug up tweets he made that were homophobic. So they ate him alive and he stepped down. And I mean, it's just these, these people, this outrage culture and, when they start devouring themselves, like you have too many piranhas in a tank and you're not feeding them enough and they just start to go after each other is exactly what's happening. And it's delicious to see on uh, this Captain Marvel debacle. Like I said the other day, the, the box office predictions um, dropped from 180 uh, to 100, maybe south of 100 million to 80 million. Um, I think it'll probably do about 100, 100 to 115 opening weekend. Um but I just, it's not going to be a good movie. Uh, Brie Larson is, I don't care. Um, I'm going to, for the next episode, uh, because I'll be talking about this again, because there's so many articles that are dropping about this, with this whole backtracking and apologizing. And she said she never wanted to take seats away from the table for, um, you know, journalists who are already there, i.e. the white men um, that she disparaged in her previous comments. But now all the 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 shills and the the online little white knights and this is the funny thing in these comment threads i've learned um getting called an incel is hilarious because it's a made-up word um it really it's it's a made-up word and usually the people that call you an incel are the ones and for those of you who don't know what an incel is um it's somebody who never basically can't get a woman you know da 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 da. you know basically like um you know a nerd who can't get get a woman or whatever and it's so funny because like i'm married with a kid um so found the woman at least once (laughs) but no it's just it's funny and then i got called a neck beard i'm like actually my beard is absolutely fantastic and it's very well maintained and it is not on my neck at all i have a a very well primped and trimmed beard i mean i maintain it well uh so yeah it's um and i'm not uh i don't live in my mom's basement i own a house <laughs> so all their insults are and they go right to that if you say you know i came on I, I always call her captain cat lady i do do i troll a little bit absolutely is it fun yeah but it's just 
the cringe culture of these people. And then, you know, like I said, the, 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 they try to start out with these personal insults and you can lay down, you can lay down whatever logic and facts you want and they'll just keep throwing insults and say you're afraid of women. That's my, that's my favorite one is just afraid of strong women, just afraid of strong women. Okay. All right, buddies. That's, that's good. You guys run along. I, I, and my favorite thing to say in retort is, do you think that Brie Larson is going to go through and read? Well, actually, Brie Larson is probably narcissistic enough to go through and read every comment on every Captain Marvel um, advertisement to see uh, if who is defending her um, so she can sit there and uh, look as smug as she did when she took her quote-unquote tribute picture to Stan Lee. Um, which still is just the, the most ridiculous thing. And I can see why she deleted the post, but it's too bad everybody screenshotted it, Brie. Uh, yeah, and you know, she was silent on Twitter for about seven days too. Um, and then all this backtracking came out. So probably one of the higher-ups at Disney um, probably told her, uh, we have to sell tickets. You might want to keep your mouth shut a little bit and probably just if you're going to say something, make sure you are very calculated in what you say. And you can't tell me that this woman doesn't have, uh, you know, a publicity manager, somebody around her to tell her not to insult the paying customer base. Don't, don't, don't anger the customer base. You know, this, there's no other, and Disney is great at this, uh, with Star Wars now and, uh, Marvel, um, is letting their employees just, if you're unhappy with a product and you dis, and you voice your displeasure online, um, you will get attacked by an employee. And that's, there's no other business model that this works. And you don't go into a restaurant and order filet mignon. And if you get it and it is not prepared to your liking uh, and you ask to send it back, that the cook comes out and starts calling you, you know, a piece of shit. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. You would be fired immediately. And uh, one of these idiots, uh, Chuck Wendig, who uh, worked for Marvel, um, found that out um, uh, through Twitter. Uh, all his tweets, uh, I'm not going to get into what he tweeted, but it was all uh, vitriol. Uh, directed at uh, Donald Trump supporters. Um, but it's just, you know, you you work for a comic book, and yeah, comic books have politics in them, absolutely. But that doesn't mean that you, as an employee representing a corporate entity, as a single employee, should just come out and attack your customer base because you there's conservatives that buy comic books. There are, you know... Uh, Democrats, you know, Republicans, you know, Democrats, liberals, progressives, everybody. Everybody reads comic books from every, not everybody, not everyone, but people from every walk of life read comics. They're for everybody. And comics were already diverse without this whole, and what was it, the, uh, well, the the lady that was, the, I, I, God, I, I should have her name written down, but I don't. Um, this was the head of Marvel, they hired her, and she didn't know anything about uh, anything about comics. But they hired her because of what ethnicity she was. What sense does that make? In what world does this is this is this reality? Like, is this the real life or is this fantasy? Um, because it's just it doesn't make sense. Uh, you know, you want to have people from different perspectives and walks of life, but not at the expense of a good product. And that's not to say that there aren't people from every walk of life that can provide. Um, 
that type of product. It's like going back to my uh, Brie Larson point with Captain Marvel. She she says that uh, she doesn't want to take seats away. She wants to add seats. Well, that's not what you said first. And everybody heard it. And it's a sound bite, and it's out there now. So you have to deal with that. You have to deal with that. You know, you are just as shallow as a mud puddle. And everybody can see right through you, hon. So, yeah. I'm done with Captain Marvel. Um, we're going to go into a little bit of wrestling talk next. So I got a PM from my cousin, Dan, the other night, who lives down... Um, down south, and uh, we were talking a little bit about wrestling, as I have said, nine-year background on that. Um, just about uh, kind of his, kind of like a fantasy booking scenario, and he wanted me to talk about it for a minute. So I'm going to give it, I'm just going to give it a brief introduction because I'm not going to go into detail because I'm going to, I'm going to um, actually get something together and go in depth on this um, for the next episode, uh, just for my cousin Dan who said uh, if I didn't do this, he would play the nepotism card and he would call my mama. Um, so I don't want him calling my mama. So I'm going to go into a little fantasy booking uh, in episode four, which will be available tomorrow night, which is Monday, February 25th. I'll have that episode up uh, probably by 9 p.m. tomorrow night. I will have that up. But so uh, he wanted he wanted me to talk about the tag team of the Rockers. Shawn Michaels, Marty Jannetty, where's the Rock and Roll Express, uh, Ricky Morton, and Robert Gibson. So I'm going to, um, and I, I grew up watching both of them, um, uh, Morton and uh, Gibson. Actually, I had the pleasure of meeting um, Ricky Morton's uh, nephew, Shane Morton. Worked uh, about three three shows with him at the beginning of my career. I uh, was fortunate enough to be able to have... Uh, what two two or three train two two training sessions with him um, before the first couple shows? Uh, actually, it was my second, my third show uh, that I trained with him, um, and I was uh, recipient of my first concussion uh, during my first training session when I went off the ropes backwards. Uh, I was supposed to back bump off the second rope, and I did not tuck my chin. So, but uh, the show must go on. So I kept uh, kept taking bumps and uh, worked the show. And I really don't remember too much uh, after that, except for, I remember a couple days later, I'd go to the doctor because I still had a headache. And uh, it would be like 9 o'clock at night, and I'd have to wear sunglasses if the lights were on because I still had a headache. It was bad. But so, yeah, we're going we're gonna to do a little, um, a little wrestling fantasy booking, and I'll talk about that. Um, there's a lot of other topics I'm going to go into uh, as far as wrestling goes. Uh, and actually, one of them is uh, we're going to go back and we're going to talk about WCW. And because I am a huge, huge, huge WCW fan, um, particularly the, the NWO, um, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to uh, we're going to talk we're going to talk about that um, and kind of uh, do a series on um, the what ifs and the shoulda, woulda, coulda scenarios, and uh, just go through a little bit of history with WCW um, from their rebranding when they switched over from the NWA. And uh, Jim Crocker promotions and all that stuff. We'll talk about all that uh, in a few upcoming episodes. And um, tomorrow we'll also have a review of Walking Dead Season 9, Episode 11, Bounty. Uh, and I will have a comment section uh, reading party 
from some of these Captain Marvel threads I'm uh, I- I've been on. So you have that to look forward to, and um, we might even do some Twitter fun. So with that being said, I'm gonna wrap this up and uh, kind of brief today. So. It's Sunday, and uh, I'm going to go grab some dinner. So, you guys, thanks for listening. Uh, Share, subscribe, and um, if you're on Anchor FM, you will get my outro music today, which is none other than, of course, Led Zeppelin. Hey, thanks for listening. Be sure to share. I will talk to you guys tomorrow.